0: In this series, as we talked about um, warrior, the first week we talked about the cause of a warrior, um, and I told you that my cause was was the church, and, and it is, and not just not just here the uh, KCC, but but I, and I love you guys, but but it's the church universal. Like I, I love the local church, um, no matter where it's at, and, and it's cost me a lot. That cause has it's cost me a lot of money. It's cost me a lot of a time with my family, like I've cut vacations short to, to be with people in the church. And, and here's the thing, I don't regret any of that. The, the things that I actually do regret are the times where I didn't give enough or I didn't sacrifice enough. Um, and one of the, the things that it's gonna cost me this week um, is a week of sleep. I leave today to go to wilderness camp with a bunch of junior hires and to sleep in a hammock uh, for a week. Not because I want to, but because the church needed somebody or the camp needed somebody to step up and say, hey, would you go? Um, And so I will do my best to keep 12 junior high kids alive uh, for a week, Um, but also to just speak life into them because I believe that God has a plan for them too, that God has a battle for them uh, to fight. So I leave for that today, and then um, I'm home for like three or four days, and I get to go to Costa Rica and work with the local church down there I um, and get to pour into um, some of the leaders in the church that we have down there, and I'm excited um, about that time. Um, and then I'm home for eight or 10 days after that, um, and then I get to take a group of our young people to Christ and Youth Convention um, in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, so July is, is going to be a, a busy week, a um, busy month for me. It'll feel like a week probably, but, but I don't mind that. As I complain at home about it to Jennifer, but she knows that I'm going to get up and do it because it, I believe that it's a cause worth dying for, investing into life of the people that make up the church and to go. Uh, we talked about in week two, the hesitant warrior, um, where man, if you hesitate, the enemy is going to get you. Like That's what he's looking for. He's just looking for an opening. and When we hesitate, we give him that opening. That's why when, when I was asked to do this wilderness week, I said yes and the guy that called me and asked me said, That was the easiest one I ever got. I'm like, because I'm not going to hesitate. Because if there's a cause worth fighting for, then I've got to be willing to go do whatever it takes. Uh, last week, we talked about the wounded warrior. And we talked about the father wound that, that many of us, especially men, um, have. And today, I want to talk about the distracted warrior. Because one of our greatest um, weaknesses, I think, as warriors, is that we're so easily distracted. Like women, have you ever noticed how a man can be easily distracted when you're trying to talk to him? Like any of you ever noticed that before? Like I have notes up here because if I don't, I'll get distracted and I'll talk for three hours and no one will know what I said. But at my house every now and then, Jennifer will get the spiritual gift of talk. And that means she just goes on and on and on and on and on. And sometimes my, my mind will just like wander to another continent or something. Like, like, man, you know what I'm talking about. And as much as I love her, like I'm not there all the time when, when she's talking. But a great thing about a guy is, is that we have this gift. That whenever a woman like says, hey, you're not listening to me. She says, are you listening to me? We have this supernatural gift where we can just rattle off the last five words that she said. And sometimes it works, but sometimes it doesn't. But we're talking about the the distracted warrior. And again, I wanna go back to that key thought, key principle for the whole series is that that every warrior has a cause to fight for. And the problem is that so many of us lose important battles because we're so easily distracted. There's a couple of things this morning, I was out making coffee um, for for you guys to drink. And, And as I was making it, someone started talking to me and I turned my head to look at them and I started dumping water all over the ground. We're just easily distracted, or last Thursday, I was getting ready to to go on a golfing trip to um, Alabama, and I was standing outside, and I was filling up my little fish pond out there. It needed about 10 gallons of water in it, um, just from evaporation and stuff, so I'm filling that up, and I get a phone call saying, hey, could you go do this for me, and I just got in the Jeep, and I left. Ten hours later, Jennifer turned off the water hose, and the backyard was flooded, like, so we lose some important battles sometimes just because we're so easily distracted. Uh, and I love First John chapter 2, and that's our text today. We'll start in verse uh, 14. And the context of this teaching is that John's actually talking to, uh, to men, to fathers, and he was talking to young men. And so for our purpose, like, he was speaking directly to the warriors. And what he's going to do is he's going to build them up, he's going to encourage them, but then he's going to kind of change his... Um, his tone a little bit and get very serious uh, with them. And he's gonna give them a stern warning. And this is what it says in verse 14. Um, and it's kind of in the middle of the verse, but he says, I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Great job. Like you guys are, are doing good. And basically what he's saying is, amen, that you're strong. Like you're winning battle after battle after battle with the evil one because the word of God lives in you. And for some of us men, listen, you are making incredible spiritual progress. Like God has been stirring in you and you've been overcoming the evil one. Like you're making all kinds of ground up. And just as he encourages these men with uplifting words, then all of a sudden though, he changes his tone and he says this, but wait, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And man, you can be incredibly on track pursuing God. Again, then all of a sudden, you can be so slightly distracted. And before long, man, you can fall head over heels in love with the things of this world. It happens all the time. And there are things that do not last. Let's, let's keep on going in verse 16. He says, for everything in the world, The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Like men, we need to understand that God has a divine call, a heavenly cause for your life. Like you are a warrior with a cause but if you're not careful, you'll be ever so slightly distracted and you'll fall in love with the things of this world. Things that do not last. And kind of here's a, a key thought for today as the distracted warrior abandons his heavenly post in pursuit of an earthly kingdom. And it happens over and over again in our lives. Like we'll abandon a heavenly post, the divine cause, instead of living for the things that, that God wants us to live for, instead of living for the things that, that we know will last, like we'll stop and we'll try to build an earthly kingdom. Like, he'll fall in love with the things of this world rather than the things of God. And in fact, Paul was writing to, to Timothy, a, a, a mentee of his. And in 2 Timothy 2 4, he said this No one serves as a soldier, gets entangled in civilian's affairs, but rather he tries to please his commanding officer. Who does he want to please? He wants to please the commanding officer. Like, man, we are warriors. Like, we are spiritual warriors, and our goal should be to please our commanding officer, which is Jesus Christ. Like, that's our goal. Like, don't get involved in all of the, the civilian affairs, all of the worldly things. But so often, we truly, truly desire, even those of us who are followers of Jesus, we, we, tr- we get distracted, and we fall in love with the things of the world. And it happens over and over As we continue to travel, we just continue to get a little further off track, and then we end up very far from where God wanted us to be, and we wake up and say, how did I get here? How did did I end up where where I am now? But it happens all the time, and and why, why does it happen? Because as warriors, I think it's because we wanna conquer. Like, we wanna keep score. We wanna win. Like, we want progress. We wanna measure ourselves and compare ourselves, we wanna know how we're going, how we're doing. We wanna be able to win. And honestly, listen, the world makes it so much easier to keep score. You know, several years ago, we used to have an elder, and I loved him, but he used to call our bullets in the scorecard. Like, we wanna be able to win. But in God's economy, it's hard to know, am I winning, or am I losing, or how am I doing? For example, you won't see a man come home from work One day, and say, honey, guess what? You're not going to believe this. But today, like they were handing out spiritual awards at work, and I won. Woohoo! Like I was voted the most humble. You want some of this? Like I'm so proud. Oh, wait, then I just lost it. Like you can't do that. You'll never have a husband come home from church and go, yeah, like I nailed that prayer today. Like, it was so good. Like, even, even afterwards, the guys got around and they voted, it was a 9.25 prayer on a scale of 10. The best I ever did was an eight. Like, I, next week, I'm going for a 9.5. Like, we, it doesn't happen. Like, it's hard to know. It's hard to, to compare. It's hard to compete. It's hard to win in God's kingdom. But the world, see, they make it easy for us to keep score. Let me tell you how much money I'm, I'm gonna make this year. Did I tell you that I was the number one ranked salesperson in the area? Did I tell you they're giving me a $500 bonus? Did I tell you how how many hits I had? Have you seen my car? Have you seen my house? Have you seen my girlfriend? Wow. Like, I'm better than you. It's easy for us in the world to keep score or to, to compete, but it's very difficult for us to keep score in the spiritual realm. And I think that's why our spiritual enemy attacks us as warriors, to try to get us off a track, to fall in, in love with the things of the world. But don't forget what, what John said. He said, if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. And I just wanna break that down to three common attacks today. There's a strategic plan um, of, of the evil one that's found in verse 16. And it's just a subtle and deadly distraction. And, and I love the way it's just kind of already broken up into three, three categories. He said, for the love, for all all that's in the world. And he says this the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And those things aren't of the Father, but they're of the world. And right there, we see the threefold plan of attack that the enemy uses against us the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. In fact, that's the, the, the way Satan even attacked the greatest warrior of all time, Jesus. He used those same three strat- strategies. You can read about it. It's in Marth- Matthew chapter 4. Um, and it was after Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he hadn't eaten. And, and he was pretty hungry. And so, what did Satan do? He attacked him with the lust, lust of the flesh. Are you hungry? Your flesh hungry, Jesus? You, you want something to eat? Why don't you turn those stones into bread? Obey that fleshly desire. Obey him. Jesus said, no, it's written. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. He said, lust of the flesh didn't work. How about the, the, the pride of life? Why don't you, Jesus, Jesus, why don't you uh, get God to serve you instead of you serve him? Why don't you throw yourself off of this cliff and and God will will save you if he can. You make him work for you. You don't work for him. And Jesus said, no, we don't don't put the Lord our God to the test. So so what about the the lust of the eyes? Jesus, look at all these kingdoms that are out there. Look at them all, I'll give them all to you. You can have it all. Everyone will bow down and worship you. And Jesus said, no, it's written, man shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And that's the way Satan attacks us. It's always been his plan from the beginning. Love the world, the lust of the flesh, the the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And the first one is lust of the flesh. And it means more than this. All of these mean more than this. But for time, I'm just gonna gonna talk about sexual lust and the lust of the flesh. So many spiritual warriors fall into sexual temptation. And it destroys them and, and many people around them. And if you're one that's battling right now with sexual sinlessness, and you're not alone. Some of the greatest warriors who ever lived had had to fight these battles. In fact, one of them in the Old Testament, his name was, was King David. And you can read his story, he was a fantastic warrior. Like, he was a great king. Um, and, and when you read what happened, it's very pointed. Like, you can read it, Scripture literally says this. It says, in the spring, when, th- when kings go off to war. So in other words, it was spring, when this was written, and that's when King David should have been at war, but what did he do? He abandoned his post and he pursued the things of the world. It says, in springtime, when the kings go off to war, David stayed in Jerusalem. In other words, he wasn't, spo- he wasn't where he was supposed to be when he was supposed to be there. Therefore, he saw something that he wasn't supposed to see which led him to think something that he wasn't supposed to think, which led him to, to do something that he wasn't supposed to do, which caused him to lose something that he wasn't supposed to lose. All, all the way around. He wasn't where he was supposed to be. He abandoned his heavenly post to pursue something deadly, dangerous, and destructive. And in the story, like he wasn't at war like he was supposed to be. He abandoned that post, and, and when he was there, he saw naked Bathsheba He said, Man, I like that. I'd like to have some of that. Hey, guys, why don't you go get her for me? And they went and got her. And he ended up then sleeping with her, getting her pregnant, murdering her husband. And the whole thing went down very, very quickly. And, guys, that's what Satan wants. Just just one look's not going to hurt. It's kind of how you deal with things. Yeah, you love your wife and all that kind of stuff, but. Man, check that out. Like, that's what Satan wants to do. Sex on your terms, listen, it'll take you out every time. It will destroy you. And Some of you right now, you're a hostage to sexual impurity and you haven't broken free. And listen, you can't do it on your own. If you could break free on your own, you would have done it a long time ago but it's time to draw the, the sword of the spirit. It's time to invite other spiritual warriors and it's time to confess to the appropriate people in your life and say, hey, will you all stand with me because I'm no longer going to abandon my heavenly post for this earthly pursuit. It's the lust of the flesh. And men, you need to be warned because Satan is going to attack you there. And there's a second one that said the lust of the eyes. And again, this means way more than, than just this. But one of the ways that we could do it is, is material lust. This is when the warrior is not satisfied with what he has and, or, or, or something else. He thinks something else is gonna make him happy. Man, if I could just have that or if I could make this much money or if I could get this new thing or this shinier thing or this bigger thing or this faster thing or this newer thing, then whatever, like it's gonna make me happy. Then, I, then I'll be fulfilled and, and satisfied. And here's the crazy thing about it, is intellectually, we know that it doesn't really matter but yet we still pursue it. Like, I mean, in my home, I'll tell myself, man, Jennifer and the kids, they don't need more to be happy. They don't need more. Like, I know that, I know that, I know that, and yet I crave more. And somehow I rationalize it. And I think, well, I mean, if I get more, then I'm being a better husband, I'm being a better father, I'm being a better man, because a a warrior warrior, uh, provides and a warrior conquers. Like, and that's just kind of the way that we were, we were made, isn't it? Hey, watch this. You stay home, me leave cave, me kill something and bring it back. Like, I'm a warrior. But we wrongly begin to identify ourselves with, with by what we can accumulate, by what we can possess instead of who God created us to be. And we buy into this destructive lie that if I just had more, I would be happier. Like some of you, you're called to be a spiritual warrior. Listen, but you've abandoned your cause and you're building an earthly kingdom and you are using everything you can to pursue material riches and you're relationally bankrupt. You're giving your best, the best of your strength to build a kingdom that will not last and your kids don't even know who you are. And then there's the third. And the, the, warrior, the evil one's gonna attack every warrior this way. It's the pride of life. The boasting of what I have and what I've done. Where the man starts to think, man, it's really about me. It's about my abilities, it's about what I can do. Um, Like I'm going to be the star of my own show. I mean, some of like, I mean, I got the God stuff. You know, sometimes you can get it done yourself. Like if it's gonna be done right, I have to do it. I've gotta be in control. I wanna be in control of everything. But anyway in life, like what we want is we want to be in control and we want to be in charge and we want, to be, want it to be about us and all of a sudden we begin to think that we're very good because we've accomplished something because of what we've achieved and we start to boast about what we have and what we do and we slip off into self-made pride and we begin to think it's all about us. It's all about me. It can't be about him and it can't be about anyone else. And listen, if it's not about him and it's not about anyone else, then we're not surrendered to Jesus. We can call ourselves believers all day long, but we're not unless we love the Lord our God and love others as ourselves. And I just wanna tell you, man, from my perspective, this is so challenging. And I'm gonna be transparent with you uh, for a minute. And you think as a pastor, you're like, you know, I study during the week and I'm surrounded by godly things, you know, okay, this stuff doesn't, doesn't affect me. And you think it'd be really easy for me to stay focused on what's important. But it's not. Like I get bombarded with these things all the time. Accomplish more, achieve more, conquer this, win this. And, and and because I want to, here's a glimpse into my world. And it's kind of random. But I can't win. I can't. In the church world, here's the deal if things go well, who gets the credit? God, right? But if things go bad, who gets the blame? Josh. I mean, I must not be doing a good job. Things aren't going well. So basically, I'm set up only to lose. And that's all I can do. And as a warrior, listen, I don't like that. So if I pursue the things of the world where I can measure up and compare and rank, like maybe I can win. And that's why I'm so easily distracted. Like there was a movie years ago, and it was a, a Kevin Costner movie, and it was called For the Love of, of the Game, um, and Costner's a pitcher, and, and, and I watched it because of the last baseball movie he made where he's playing catch with his dad at the end, and it almost made me cry, um, Cornfield or whatever it was called, um, Field, of Field of Dreams, thank you, but, <laughs> but he's 40 years old, and, and all these voices are coming from everywhere. Like, you're no good, you're too old, you're not good enough, boo, boo, boo. And the only way that he can focus is he goes through this mental exercise where he just says, clear the mechanism. Clear the mechanism, it's kinda cheesy line, but it worked for him, clear the mechanism. And when he does that, everything goes silence. Boo, you know you're like, clear the mechanism. And when he says that, he's able to focus on the target. And warriors, the way that you win the battle is, listen, it's to stop winning the wrong battles and to win the right one. And when the wrong battle emerges, you simply clear the mechanism. You silence all of the lies and, and you set your mind not on things below, but the scripture says set your mind on things above. Not on things of this earth, but on things above. If there's anything pure or lovely or admirable or excellent or praiseworthy, you think about those things. You don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And here's how you do it. Here's how you clear the mechanism. It's what the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. He says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith we fix our eyes on Jesus whenever we start to become distracted we shake it off and we fix our eyes on Jesus whenever the voices tell us that we need to have more that we we shake it off and we fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith like we clear the mechanism and that verse would continue and say, who, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sitting down at the right hand of God. You know, that's what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane, just, just hours before he was gonna be crucified, he cleared the mechanism, he said, God, I don't wanna do this. I, I don't wanna die, I don't, I don't wanna suffer. He was trying to be distracted, but he said, you know what, not, not my will but yours. Fix our eyes on Jesus, who's the author and perfecter of our faith, who experienced everything that we have in every way that we have. And that's the battle that we need to fight. Stop being distracted by all these other things that don't matter and focus on the one thing that truly does. I'm gonna ask you to stand and our band's gonna lead us in a, a song. Uh, give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. That we wanna be a generation that seeks the face of God. Father God, today, we come to you asking you to give us clean hands, to give us pure hearts, to, to remove any of those distractions that we have right now in our life. The, the, the lust of our flesh, the lust of our eyes, the, the pride that wells up in us sometimes. Father, help us to fix our eyes on Jesus. It's in his name that I pray, amen.